0: You're listening to the Junior League of Louisville's Podcast.
1: joined the league in 1981 and served as president from 2004 to 2005. She has seen the league through changes in admissions policy and changes in membership. Mary came to Louisville through her work with Metro United Way and championed many projects in the community.
0: We have Mary Sullivan here. She was president in 2004-2005 and I have that you joined the league in 1981-82. Does that sound correct?
1: Yes, my provision year was 1989, and it
0: was a full year provisional program. It
1: certainly was.
0: And then um, you went away to college. Left? You are not from Louisville. I'm correct? not from Louisville. So where are you from? Mary? I
1: grew up in South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. And I went to um, Aquinas College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which was about an hour and a half from South Bend. And how did you end up in Louisville? What brought you to us? Uh, my uh, career was Metreonide Way. I. When I graduated from Aquinas, uh, my father was an active volunteer with United Way in South Bend, and um, my degree was in urban studies. And I was looking for a job, and he said, maybe you should send your resume to the National United Way office because there are United Ways around the country, and what you studied is similar. And so I did, and um, unbeknownst to me um, or to my dad, There was a uh, intern program that they had started in 1972, I graduated in 73, um, to bring younger people into the United Way field. Up until that time, most of the professionals in United Way were either graduates of Ohio State School of Social Work or Boston College School of Social Work, or retired businessmen. And so they were taking two interns a year uh, for two years to see whether it would be viable to pursue for a larger kind of intern class. And so I am proud to say that I was first woman chosen for the United Way, uh, which was then called United Way of America, now United Way Worldwide uh, intern program. And I was placed in Dayton, Ohio, and Portland, Maine, um, and had year training in various phases of the United Way. And then in uh, January of 74, no, 75, I started interviewing in various communities around the country with United Ways and United Way, Metro United Way in Louisville, um, interviewed me and offered me the job and I took it. And uh was one of my best decisions so I so ever how made. How lucky are we? How we lucky. are lucky. And the lucky ones. Uh, though I started in April of seventy five and um in uh, 75 there were many um, uh, let's see, I, um, so it's a great decision I made I moved here I had moved numerous times I had graduated from college my parents moved from South Bend I moved to Dayton I moved to Portland I moved to Louisville and um, in September of 75 was when court order busing began okay and. Um, it had a major impact on the entire community, as well as the United Way. Um, in other communities, United Way were strong advocates for uh, the importance of busing. In Louisville, two of our agencies, uh, Legal Aid and Urban League, were um, proponents and had brought a suit against the oh uh, county school system that it was not giving proper education to all children, and so. United Way was picketed, United Way had death threats, United Way had bomb scares. You were brand new. You and just I'm brand new and um, so I started in April and this all started you know kind of July, August, September. Uh, one of the United Way's biggest mistakes, they decided to start their annual campaign on the first day of school and so you know the newspaper was all about how United Way is helping you know hide it providing space for the buses. Uh, The location that United Way had, had an underground garage that was built for Model T's and this is where we were keeping all the buses. So, you know, you go to work in the morning, there's all these people. And and so uh, that was my kind of introduction into uh, real needs in this community, that education. And education had always been important to me. It's a foundation that my parents and grandparents had had paved for myself and my siblings but to think that some children weren't not getting equal education uh, was eye-opening to me and here we were in the midst of it and so I think that goes to the course of uh, kind of my roles within the Junior League I've, I've focused on many times in educational projects and the Junior League back th- then which I was not a member of but uh, has continued education as focus, as well as united way.
0: And I noticed that that you came here in '75. You were a college graduate, gone through the internship program. Congratulations! That was something I discovered about you that you were the first female graduate. That's a big.
1: I, re- oh, yeah, yeah. I remind the United Way of that <laughs> often. <laughs> I found it online. They should have a so plaque. You a good job.
0: Um, yes, you were the first. We like that. That's a title you can own forever. And then you joined the league eighty-one, eighty-two. So they did. You did need to be sponsored. There was a gap between you were working woman and then you joined. I know I've read online some things, but what it took you it took you a little bit in Louisville. How did you find the league?
1: Um, I had I worked with two uh, women. Who were active members of the league? Uh, Margot Matson and Elsie uh, Atherton. Uh, they were both uh, uh, had been active members for I don't know how long for a while, but they were in the night.
0: The night in the group. The yes. night group,
1: which had about
0: you were 12, them, yes. 12
1: or fifteen. So so they they could never go to the meetings during the day because they were working and wasn't flexible back then. But anyway. Um, and so they they were in the group that went at night. And they said, this would be a great program for you to learn more about the community. And many of our, um, many of Metro United Way's uh, leadership volunteers were members of the Junior League, such as Dee Dee Jones, uh. Alberta Allen, and later Mary, Ann Don- Mary Beth Doney and, and Mary McClure and you know, the kind of who's who in the Junior League. Julie Gray, actually, Julie Gray and I uh, each year would go through the yearbook and select out women who should get involved in United Way committees. And That's we nice did that network. for like 10 yes. years. And, and then there was a partnership, uh, which I don't remember when it started, but between the Junior League and Metro United Way that the— uh, Kind of outgoing president would be chair of a campaign, uh, right? campaign committee and uh, that was a great partnership and that it was really a right it side. was a good uh i felt like uh both ways the junior league members kind of knew firsthand the needs in the community and could easily speak about that but on the other hand uh, many of the committees within united way especially the campaign were male dominated and to see you know, a female female with great leadership skills and um, come in and run an effective division of the campaign was was a great learning experience for everybody.
0: That sounds like it to me. Um, I know that you were involved. Your Yours kind of goes, like I said, you had a very long span of involvement in the league and with your profession. I mean, you really have touched so many things and you've been involved for so long. You discussed that the education component was something that drew you in and, and definitely captivated you. What was something that you worked on? I'm sure you have many that you really resonates with you, like a past project that the Junior League had, might be current, but I'm, that when you came in that you really just wrapped your hands around and said, I'm gonna make this happen.
1: Well, you're right, there are numerous. Um, so I'd just like to say uh, the first project that I was involved in as a provisional, I guess, was it was called kid it was called five cents mm-hmm. um your senses as opposed to dollars but when i signed up i thought it was like the money um <laughs> and it was a partnership with the what was then called louisville science Center or whatever um, and the person who was the uh, recruiter or chair of that was genie potter and that was my first introduction to Jeannie. And um, over the years, uh, she has become a good friend, and uh, she, uh, I don't want to say she liked me, but she, uh, her, her focus uh, was certainly inclusiveness and diversity. And I, I feel like the, the five cents store to me was an introduction to, though I certainly knew that many people didn't have all the senses that I did uh, because of my growing up experience and everything, but uh, we volunteered and we helped school children learn about the different senses and, you know, one, if you don't have hearing, then your other senses perhaps compensate. Uh, So that was my first, uh, you know, experience and, and it was fun and and I think I signed up for it because it sounded like fun and I hadn't been to the museum probably and 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 the museum was very new at that time so uh, from there I went to a project that um, uh, was kind of near and dear to my heart called Kids on the Block and it was a program to uh, educate primarily uh, children school-aged children but also adults, but about uh, uh, children with disabilities. And at the time, which was, uh, according to this, 1983, uh, children with disabilities were not yet being mainstreamed into the school system. Mm -hmm. So there were, you know, like Meredith Dunn and Binet and other schools that, you know, kind of had the market, so to speak, on helping children with disabilities. But it, they were life-size puppets um, and who had various disabilities. There was one child in a wheelchair. There was one child who was blind with a cane. There was one child who was visually impaired with big glasses. Uh, and uh, because most of the presentations were in going into school during the days, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ever be a puppeteer. My one of my uh, uh,
0: big wishes that something you missed past on. wishes that
1: well I I I, I, I just that. never did, uh, 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 but I was kind of behind the scenes organizing and connecting. And I'm connecting. Sure. And the Junior League had a project for years, mm-hmm. and one of the sponsors was Telephone Pioneers. And when Junior League decided they no longer wanted to do it, Telephone Pioneers said, "Well, we'll do it, except I don't." You know, at that point, most children were being mainstreamed, and there wasn't that uh, need for that. But at the time, like a lot of projects, it really filled a niche. And and I wish I could remember. I was looking back because uh, all the puppets, puppets, uh, you know, they became real life people, and and they all had names, but I can't remember any of the names. But but uh, uh, I could give you a name of somebody who was a puppeteer, that might be interesting to talk to her. Uh, and then um, then I was uh, met, well, I think this before I joined the Junior League, it might have been. Yes, it was before I joined. Uh, my, in my work life, I was um, a coordinator of the volunteer center or the volunteer connection which matched people's interest with volunteering. And a junior league offered this cor- corse- course called Volunteer Career Development, primarily at first for its members uh, to uh, develop a career path using their volunteer work, uh, to uh, perhaps uh, advance from one position to the other, or in the future to use for a job experience Uh, and uh, at some point they decided and this was a program that was offered uh, nationwide to junior leagues
0: so through the association
1: through the association junior league and there the concept of the program was called the balanced lifestyle and so it's it's as true today as it was back then but try to manage your life a third for your uh, uh, life work a third for your personal life And then a third for yourself Mm -hmm. and um, and so it was a five week two and a half hour class and at some point the junior league decided to offer it to the general public and so they would advertise it in the newspaper and the uh, fourth week was kind of learn about your community where could you volunteer where could you match your skills with and so at some point, the person who was doing the training called, called United Way and said, could you send somebody to talk about volunteer opportunities? And the somebody was me. And uh, so I talked about it. This was
0: before you were a member. This was
1: before I was a member. And honestly, I thought you had to be a member to be take this course or be a trainer for this course. And so that was, that was another reason I joined the Junior League. But uh, so... Uh, so then, like, the next time they offered the course, I saw it in the paper, and I thought, okay, they'll call me in the fourth week, I'll go. And so the person called me the a couple of days before and said, you know, sorry, I'm calling you so late. And I said, oh, well, you know. I, I was them. expecting you, yes. <laughs> I was expecting you. And then, the, and then the next time she called me, like, the morning of, saying, you know, I have three little kids. And I said, okay, I, I got it on my calendar. And all the trainings were held at, at stairways at junior League, So... Um, so I think after about the third time, same time Margot and Elsie were, uh, you know, promoting me to, suggesting that I join the junior league. So I joined with the thinking that I would, you know, be on that committee or whatever. And through that class, I've met, um, uh, probably three or four women who, uh, Two of them I see every single week. Um, It's a lifelong
0: relationship. Lifelong
1: relationship. Um, And so we became trainers, and another one of the, not a lost opportunity for me, but a lost opportunity for the junior league as far as money. We could have been making big money, but we we decided uh, uh, on the community advisory board at the time was – Jeannie Heatherly, who was the Assistant Director of Adult Education for JCPS, and she asked us if we'd like to maybe offer, teach this course through adult education. And so we said yes. And so we taught this course, three different high schools, for I think eight or nine years, Uh every time they offered it. Uh, we had enough trainers that we would, we were at Butler and Moore and Westport, but sometimes we were filling in and so like, so did I just say that or was that last night? But anyway, uh, so it was well received, but after I think 10 years we just had had it. And uh, then at some point we learned that all, everybody else that was, teaching adult education classes were being paid.
0: <laughs> oh, that was your missed opportunity, yes. <laughs> a
1: missed opportunity for the Junior League. Anyway, um, so from that class, there are numerous uh, people who took it. Uh, and there are just two examples that I'd like to share. One, uh, the whole idea of women ba- being able to balance their life was you know, a new concept. Uh, probably still is today, but uh, there was one woman who worked on the line at Ford and she said the reason she took the class was she worked at Ford because it was good money, but she did not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And the idea of kind of somehow balancing her life uh, was intriguing to her and to realize that there were opportunities in the community that weren't that she could do at night or when she, you know, whatever her shift was. And then the other, which will always amaze me, there were two women who were over-the-road truck drivers. They didn't do it with their husband. They did it themselves, and they were getting ready to retire, and they had been driving semis across the country for about 10 years. And they um, thought it was interesting that there was this women's organization, the Junior League, they, they were intrigued perhaps to join they did not but they really benefited from the from the course and that just you know that's one of those things you just oh well then this is, must be important to them so we'll continue to do it but through the class there were many uh, uh, I, I, I can't remember that we ever had any men in the class but we might have but uh, the uh, essence of the class, uh, a number of uh, people, and there were some teachers that took it, thought, could you change this? Could you adapt this for young kids? Could you, could you work on uh, a similar program for middle school students? And so our team of trainers got together, and we met with JCPS curriculum people. They didn't get it. They, they just did not get it at all. So we said, Okay we'll develop the curriculum ourselves and did a program for uh, fifth graders and for eighth graders. And it's called Tracking Down the Future and Pathways to the Future. Uh, great. Uh, I
0: feel like so, I heard Pathways. That's, that's something this I'm is seeing, the, probably, right?
1: This is probably the fifth grade. Pathways is probably the grade. And fifth, that
0: was the Junior League eighth project. Eighth
1: grade, eighth grade project. Oh yeah, it's Junior League project.
0: Developed and implemented, developed all
1: members, and yes. and our two uh, JCPs people. Uh, one has uh, retired, but one has changed his career. But at the time was uh, Terry Brooks and somebody else. Um, but Terry is now the executive director of C- Kentucky Youth Advocates, and so he worked in the Gaines Education Center when we did this, and then he became principal at No. and so he was this got this got introduced so we would do a training uh, in service training for the teachers who wanted to teach this and they just thought they would just gonna come and get the book but yeah we did an abbreviated adult version so they would just kinda understand and we we had to use we had to change words from values to morals or whatever because those words weren't used in the school system um, but we got funding we the junior league got funding for this from um, James Graham Brown Foundation, First National Bank, Metro United Way, and W.L. Lyons Foundation. And uh, we got funding, enough funding, to provide 50,000 books for three years at no cost to the, to the students. And, and honestly, with some change in language, and I thought I had the other book, but I must have taken it out of my car. But uh, uh, some of us think it's as important today as it was back then. I've had a few people look at it, um, not within the school system, but uh, uh, within Junior League, and they just say, you know, well, I don't think so, but I'm not ready to give up. Uh, we have, we have uh, a lot of the other version, probably 30 of the other version, still in print. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm keeping. But
0: that's a very big um, we to take from you that you came in, that was early 80s, right? That, that was were, early 80s. You became a trainer with these four other women. That's a skill that, that well, there was, there. To there to train there, on this.
1: There were, there were more than, well, there were more than four women. And, and the list of the women is like in the front of that book. But uh, so that, so the career development... Uh, it, it changed its name from volunteer career development to career development life planning.
0: Uh, the CDLP is what I CDLP, think you have CDLP. Yeah, Right, down. right, 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 right.
1: And I, I don't have one of theirs. This is the youth career development brochure. Yes. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, but we taught that, uh, I think we taught that for 10 years uh, in the and we went everywhere we we went to uh so after
0: this this was your main focus for a little bit correct so
1: according to my resume here (laughs) 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 i was a trainee to that from uh i don't know when that started it says 89 oh yeah it started in 89 started the same time as as our our campaign for volunteers with united way to 97 it has on here so uh so you know that that was a major part of my uh, commitment, but it it wasn't the only thing. I mean, I was on various committees, homeless committees, and uh, placement uh, some placement committee, uh, done in a day committee. Uh, another uh, project that uh, near and dear to my heart uh, is Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. the first. Um, Habitat project, I guess, was in 94, and this is just a little side, um, uh, Leslie Smith and somebody else were co-chair of that project. I, I had done some volunteering with Habitat individually, not related to the league, but so I was gung-ho on that, and that was the same. So you know, like today, projects come to the membership to vote on, and so we were, we were ready. We were gonna tell the story, we had the director of the habitat there, we had, uh, I think we had a, a habitat homeowner, and we walk in, and on all the chairs are these balloons for Ronald McDonald House. And uh, Jeff Ronceville Connor, who is a league member was there to propose that Junior League support Ronald McDonald House? You had
0: some competition. That meeting. we had
1: major competition.
0: <laughs> Were they just voting on one project?
1: Uh, yes, and it was not Habitat. Uh, <laughs> Habitat did not get it, and you know it was tough because Jeff stood in front and said, you know, our child was mm-hmm. born with cancer, and we had to go to Philadelphia and. You know, there's Ron McDonald House there, and why shouldn't there be one here? And so, you know, the kind of the rest is history. The and that's another important uh, project in this community. Mm-hmm. That if you do go into Ron McDonald House, they do have nice recognition of the Junior League. Um, and um, when I was president, it was I don't know. twentieth anniversary. Twentieth anniversary, yes. and they. Uh, invited us to come and we received an award for but her. we
0: did we did end up doing a
1: oh yeah so the, the next habitat. year the yes. next year the next year we did we were ready <laughs> we are more than ready uh, I don't remember that we had balloons with habitat on them but but we uh, uh, you got your house we got our year. house and uh, and it's and it's still standing and uh, and uh, from that we've done uh, we did another house total sponsor, and then we've been involved in the women's build, which at the time wasn't being done, but once a year, uh, women in this community support a house all built by women for you know a family a yes. um, and uh so then um, so I did a lot of i always did you know went to on the done in the day projects and and the one um, that I remember doing, which I had no skill to do, but it was in this building at Cerebral Palsy Kids Center. We, we painted murals on the floor, which was like I mean, crazy. Anyway, I think they diverted me to some other activity because I was not painting within, inside the lines. Uh, uh, and then uh, another thing where education was important to me and making sure that somebody had a home kind of the American dream, Uh, Race for the Cure uh, came here uh, in 96, I guess, Uh, and uh, my mom, my mom was a survivor of breast cancer uh, for 40 years. Uh, She had, she died of complications of breast cancer and bone cancer in 91. And so when the Race for the Cure came, which I had no clue what the Race for the Cure was, but when it came and what the mission was, I was all in. And uh, I wrote an article, which I'm not sure I brought, but uh, for the uh, clips. In 99 was the first year that they had the sponsored the dinner, First, the survivor mm-hmm. dinners at
0: um, was it at Fox Hollow then or
1: what Fox Hollow? No, no, not not that. This was the uh, this was before the race at Buckheads oh, in Jeffersonville, yes. and uh, it was the most impressive thing that I had ever been to. Uh, you know, I was directly connected because of my mom, but. Um, uh, I uh, have tried to go to every dinner since then, I haven't been there lately, but I have participated in Race for the Cure almost every year. And uh, One year the uh, AJLI conference was in Miami in the fall, and, and it just happened, the Race for the Cure was happening in Miami, so I participated in Miami, and then just this Earlier this year, earlier this month, my sister and I decided we were going to. She usually comes to Louisville, and we do it in memory of her mom. But uh, uh, we went to San Diego and did it there, there with our our nieces, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and the niece, niece and laws who who did not know our mom, but knew of her. So uh, so the you know race for the cure point, and then. Um, uh I was involved in the uh well in two thousand uh, ninety nine two thousand I was co chair Provisional with with, with uh, Christie, yes. And uh through my years with the league, um uh and my one of my primary values uh, which I kind of got ingrained with me from growing up our family life was inversion, uh, inversion. inclusion, <laughs> right? inclusion yes. and diversity. I tried to put the two words together. Uh, and, uh, so it was always a, a, strong point with me. How could we enhance the league membership to reflect the community more? Um, uh, and so to, uh, partner with Christie, uh, was a great, uh, partnership and friendship was developed. Um, and I had gotten to know her actually through her mother. Her mother was an active volunteer with the United Way, and uh, at the time she was starting the African American Heritage Museum, and so I was involved with that. And Christy worked for Commonwealth or Providian something, so I knew her through that. But anyway, it was a great partnership. And friendship that, as you can see, continued today. Um, and then um, in uh, 2000 or 2001, I uh, I decided maybe I heard somebody speak about you know what we're really looking for in leadership in the Junior League to be president or whatever. And I thought you know we have those qualities, maybe I should self-nominate. So I did, and I wasn't selected. And I was kind of, well, I'd like to know who has better qualities than me, Uh, which really wasn't fair to the person. uh, But uh, in the great wisdom of the Junior League, I'm not sure they saw it this way, but I interpreted it, is the match for me with who was the president and who would have been my president-elect was not as great and maybe it could have been and so uh, a couple of years later i nominated myself again and the connection between Joni burke who was who i was president-elect to and christie who was my president-elect was a much much better and
0: great bookends uh, we were great Worked great well bookends
1: excellent and and the you know three of us are still great friends today and and uh, and so and so I became president and uh, and uh there's not i mean certainly presidents can have a vision and and but it's it's really your board is set for you and you're back then there was uh uh chairs and vice chairs of everything. So when you came in, you came in as president-elect, you came in with, you know, you They're were already there. selected. They are yes. already selected. I mean, there are some people that I got to select to add. There are some people I wish I would've had a little bit more voice <laughs> on, um, but uh, be that as it may. So uh, our our major focus uh, as, or my major focus as president was um, to, to, can you, continue what, you know, good things we were doing, but kind of to explore what are some areas that we weren't really involved in that we could be. And um, uh, one was in the area of health, health education. And at the time, uh, AIDS, uh, HIV was a major health issue um, and, and really a misunderstood issue. And um, Holly, uh, Holly, or she, she's Holly Schroering today, but she was Holly something else back then. Um, but she was on the Global AIDS Alliance advisor Oh, Tompkins. Tompkins. All I can remember is her email is Holly by golly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm lucky I have papers in front of me. Uh,
1: anyway, she, uh, I remember her doing this powerful presentation at uh, uh, health committee uh, meeting about you know AIDS and HIV and, and the Junior League had previously partnered with uh, in the uh, Jefferson County Department of Health and Commonwealth Insurance, which later became merged with aegon uh, to- pr- publish a brochure and a video on what is AIDS and HIV and how can you prevent it or how you're not going to get it or whatever. Um, and both the brochure and the video, I mean, we made it available to the general public and like, you know, they were gone on the first day. Um, so this was kind of the next uh, step and it was a, um, a photographic exhibit. Well. What she wanted to bring to Louisville was this photographic exhibit, black and white exhibit, of uh, survivors or uh, of AIDS, HIV, or families who have had someone die, all depicted by a world-renowned photographer in Africa, and um, it was going, you know, Los Angeles and New York and. But there's no chance it was going to come to Louisville. But she was going to make the case, and she wanted the Junior League to be the lead. And through her efforts, it happened. And we partnered with the library and with House of Roos, was the beneficiary, uh, as the agency who helps uh, women and children and families living with AIDS and HIV. Uh, this is the... Uh, this was the announcement it was uh uh
0: it's a broken landscape was broken landscape project. Yes. project
1: and it was at the louisville uh, free public library and that uh uh kind of uh division that you see on that uh, they and i probably probably have a picture somewhere but they had an artist draw that on the wall at the library, and so when you walked in, not only did you see all these heart-throbbing photographs, but you also saw the, the uh, logo design. Uh, there were books there for people to write messages about their own experiences or kind of thank you for bringing this exhibit here, and the library normally does that sort of thing. But they, they had to go get more books after the first day. And it was to be there a week, and it had to be extended because of long lines. And, and we had a premiere the night before, um, I don't, um, and the proceeds went to the House of Roots. So uh, that, that was a key community uh, project that I am, you know, deeply proud that I was part, I was president and we brought it here. Uh, and just uh, quickly, two others, uh, we uh, introduced a new fundraiser, which I'm sorry, that the Junior League, this is another one of the, too bad, Junior League. Uh, you know, we, we come up with these great fundraiser projects, and uh, then after one or two years, it's like, oh, well, well, we didn't raise that much money. We're going to do something else. As opposed to sticking it out and uh, continuing, and and it was called the first year it was called uh, dinner on the fly, uh, uh, and it was at, held at Bowman Field, mm-hmm. and it's a type of dinner that you know you have to uh, you make you buy a ticket, but then once you get there, you have to you know spend money to buy a fork or buy a knife, and 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 uh, the only other agency that has Everybody has golf scrambles. The only other agency that has something similar to this is cystic fibrosis. And they have been doing it for probably 30 years, and they make bukus of money. And that's what our focus was. You know, this community could do two of these. And so uh, the first year it was at Bowman Field Hangar, and the second year it was dinner on the uh, fly next stop Union Station. And we had a Union Station, and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I was sorry that it didn't continue. We had a great, we had a, uh, a good group that worked on that. Um, and um, anyway, it says, uh, if you want to receive your wings, donate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then I guess the, the uh, uh, we did a lot of projects in the community. Uh, and one more my was this uh, Tools for Life. Um, Which you're
0: holding up a t-shirt. Holding up a t-shirt that has
1: a logo on it. And there are many significant things about this. But um, I I know it was the first, and I think maybe the only time, that the Junior League has uh, has partnered with an African-American fraternity, Mm -hmm. which is Alpha Phi Alpha, um, and... uh, Uh, Our focus was uh, we weren't doing enough or anything uh, to help uh, boys, uh, uh, black males, um, in uh, areas of high poverty. And uh, we arranged to have school buses pick them up and bring them to Shawnee Boys and Girls Club, uh, I think it was about a five week program and taught them various things from um, enjoying life to manners to uh, uh, the uh, attorney came in and did a, uh, uh, and they were there along the way giving them good, uh, you know, mentoring and guidance and uh, they performed an incredible step performance which I'm uh, have never seen as good before or since Mm -hmm. Um, and so and that was a nice connection for us for me um with many of the uh uh, some of the men in the fraternity i knew from other connections but um, uh, so that was a, a well organized event and then um not to not to, um, what do I want to say? So it just brings it kind of all around to, um, uh, you know, there are just so many projects, uh, but I let other people talk about them, I guess. Um, this
0: does not have to be the final. Make this sure. Is just a, think of this as a start down the road, because okay. I know you brought some photos okay of, of ladies that oh yeah I, I, want I wanted to, to talk, talk about
1: that just for a minute but but uh, another project that we had uh was um uh with uh cabbage patch uh, the
0: rites of passage the right? rites of
1: passage and uh this was again brought by some you know committee members it wasn't leadership and uh, they wanted to offer kind of uh job readiness skills to young girls who were uh, participants at um, Cabbage Patch. And uh, so I remember it was a three-year project, and we budgeted maybe $10,000 a year, and after the first year, maybe we had spent a thousand dollars because everybody was volunteering their time, and so we didn't have to pay for things. And uh, they call themselves the junior, junior, junior leaguers. And and uh, one of the done and day projects was to take them to the speed to another one of our projects, and and they were to draw pictures of how they saw themselves. Uh, and so. They did a better job of drawing pictures of themselves than I did, but this is a, a cover of the,
0: the magazine, magazine that
1: year. That year. Uh, so uh, in in uh, maybe in final, uh, there have been many women in the league who've made an impact on my life. I talked about uh, the career development, Mary Julia Kuhn, certainly uh, she and I are, she says, uh, she said at my retirement party that um, her daughter said there's only three people that you can argue with your mom your husband and mary sullivan (laughs) and uh, we argue constantly but uh, uh, my provisional advisor uh, who uh, got me through that year which was difficult because i was not from louisville and there was only one other person who wasn't from louisville and you know question is where did you go to high school and if you didn't go here then you're out of luck was Mary Beth Doney and this is a picture of me and Mary Beth um, when I was inducted as president Uh, so she she was my provisional advisor and she was a friend throughout the years and I think uh, to be to be um, when I was admitted to the league or interviewed for the league Mary Beth, Mary Ann Cronin, and Mary Julia, and I guess, well, Elsie and Margot were there. And we ate lunch in this dump cafeteria at the Louisville Science Center. Um, It was like, anyway, I thought, is this this where they take me? And and, uh, anyway, uh, so. During that interview, when we were done, I said, "Well, aren't you going to ask me why I want to join the Junior League?" And of course, I wasn't supposed to know why I was going to lunch with them. But I guess it, it turned. was a top secret I lunch guess it was. I strangers. guess it, I guess it turned out all right because they let me in. Uh, so one of the first uh, women I met, or I didn't meet, but I heard speak, was Alberta Allen. Mm. And Alberta's claim to fame was. I believe, up until Luann, she was the only person that had been president for two consecutive years. Uh, And uh, this is a picture of Alberta.
0: And her hat and her jacket. And
1: she uh, was known in the community as a tremendous uh, fundraiser, philanthropist, and she wore, she was known for her red tartan plaid, which is in that picture, which she always wore when she was raising money. And then when she was giving money away, she had green tartan, but, uh, you know, she's known for red tartan. Uh, she was an active volunteer for, for many organizations, uh, Metro United Way, Fund for the Arts, Junior League. Um, I actually nominated her for Murray Mary Herrmann Award one time, but she didn't get it. And the person who did, I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? But anyway. Uh, uh, so, Alberta spoke at a, uh, like, sustainer in-home meeting when I was a green little provisional. And she said, when you combine, I guess, when you combine I can with I will, that you can accomplish anything. And and so, uh, so she's right. Uh, and so she was uh, a force to be reckoned with in our community and the mm-hmm. fact that she was a member of the Junior League just you know was another plus in her in her crown uh, and then the other person whose picture I had last night but was uh, Mary Rip McClure it's mm. RIP and because her maiden name was Van Winkle her nickname yeah. was but I didn't know that for years. But anyway, she was member. Uh, I didn't get that till you just said it. I mean, I've read it and I didn't put that together. I know. Uh, so she is heir, She was heir to the Van Winkle uh, whiskey, uh, bourbon, whatever. Uh, Pappy Van Winkle was her father. Uh, anyway, uh, she was on the. Uh, she was president of the Junior League in 19. 19- 38, uh, But in 1936, she went to an AJI national meeting and learned about this program called the Volunteer, Volunteer Action Center. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, Junior League had started in St. Louis and Minneapolis and thought it would be great because here, uh, most people who volunteered in the community, uh, for youth-serving agencies were students from U of L's School of Recreation and Junior League members. But during the summer, the students would go home or get jobs, and the Junior League members would not volunteer. And so she thought it would be great to have this community base. So she came back here and thought, well, she really can't push this through when she's president because that wouldn't look right. So she going to push it through the year before she was president. But like the Ronald McDonald and Habitat, her competition was a program called the Mother's Milk Program. And a lot of women who had babies couldn't produce milk, but needed milk. And here was this vast number of young junior league mothers. And so uh, whoever the project lead came in with somebody from Norton's and explained everything. And so Mother's Milk beat out the volunteer center. And the next year, Mary said.
0: The Volunteers Bureau became?
1: The Volunteers Bureau became. And so in 1938, Volunteers Bureau became, which is now today. And, and it was a three-year partnership with um, what was then the Health and Welfare Council of United Way, Community Chest, Junior League, and, and U L School of Recreation. Uh, and so it was a three-year commitment. And then after three years, it was to come to the
0: Metro United Way.
1: What was then Metro United Way, but that was in 1941, and the uh, World War was yes. two was going on, and so the city wanted to have a city civil defense volunteer center, and so they took over, so to speak. You know, it became the civil defense. Junior League sponsored, and so then it was with the city for three years, and then it came to Iowa and spent there. Took races. a little detour. Took to a little detour. Thing
0: called a war, right? But
1: but uh, so that's a proud part of confusing
0: the when I read that. Junior League I had history.
1: Uh, and another proud part of the Volunteer Center with the Junior League influence was it had a major youth engagement program way back when. You know, all the all the parents. Junior League parents had young children that they wanted to be involved in the community, and so they got involved with that. Um,
0: Mary, when we're looking at my, or she pointed out, when I was writing, looking at things in the 90s, did you, or did the League, do you recall, participate in the Don't Wait to Vaccinate in the early 90s? Did we do that? That was an AGLI association. No. Was the vaccinations, and then we did do domestic violence, because we did Silent Witness. And that was an association. Oh, right,
1: right, 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 right. Um, the Silent witness the Domestic was, Abuse was a great uh, uh, program. And, and the, and the uh, think about storage, there were those silhouettes. The lifestyle silhouettes. You
0: still uh, had those when I was in.
1: And uh, I think they're, I don't know that they still are, but we gave them to the Center for Women and Families. Uh, but we took those to Frankfurt one, a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, The other program that was kind of similar, I mean, the message was, uh, I just saw this on here, The Crush, Mm -hmm. Keeping Relationships Upbeat, uh, Safe and Healthy. Was that my year?
0: Uh, Well, it was a committee under you. That was what Kate Radler I was thinking of her name. She was the chair year. She was the chair, but but,
1: uh, I thought, I didn't realize. But anyway, that was a great partnership with, uh, primarily with Eastern High School, but Interesting partnership to use Shakespearean play to plays to interpret safe and healthy relationships.
0: And I think that's who we turned it over to, or how the notes read at the end was that we turned it over to them after. Yeah, the
1: three uh, years. So, so they um, you know, as you, there are numerous projects in you know, the Junior League help get started when I when I was uh, so I hadn't joined the league yet, but safe uh, shelter house was started by um sue wilson um and larry oldridge with the y um to ensuring that kids didn't had a safe place to go you know um so we were a co-founder in that um and there were other kind of i mentioned education there are other things that were kind of there is this one serving together in retirement. It was like maybe we should be doing something to help people bridge the gap between work and retirement and there are a few people that were really focused in that. One was really focused because she thought she could make a paying career <laughs> oh side comment oh no yeah. name. no names um, so um, so I think that. Well, you
0: definitely have a lot of accolades to your name, Mary. I mean, you are definitely a champion of others, as you can hear from just during discussion. You've always been so, really done a fabulous job of nominating other people for Founders Awards, awards in the community. You always champion everyone out there. You were a um, WLKY Bell Award winner yourself, and I also noted that you had gotten the State of Indiana Governor's Voluntary Action Center Program Director Award. And even Mary, when I was looking online, I found out okay. another thing I didn't know about you that you donated a hundred pints of blood <laughs> to American Red Cross's hundredth anniversary. I mean, what a commitment! You said you had started Please. giving in college, yeah.
1: and in yeah.
0: 2017, you marked your hundredth pint with their hundredth anniversary. I mean, that's, Well, their hundredth anniversary and yes. United
1: Way's hundredth anniversary. And honestly, you know, the it just Red Cross, out that way, the right? Red, yeah, it just worked out that way. The Red Cross is is. Uh, is a is a partnership that we uh, I don't know that the Junior League's really ever done anything with, but it's a, you know, well I take I take, think way I back take that in the day, back. We
0: did the Red Cross work, but not
1: uh, I take that back. Uh, we did um, I'm trying to think when was it I don't know if that was Katrina, but one of the disasters the uh, uh, Junior League donated money to through probably AGLI, but, uh, uh, so um, uh, I think, I, I think I, so the, the one other, other thing I just want to mention is, um, like all people, uh, maybe not all people, um, uh, one of junior leagues, you know, study fundraisers has been the cookbook Mm -hmm. and um, when I because I love cooking when I as a provisional I had uh, signed up for the cookbook committee because I thought I'd be cooking recipes or something but instead I was quarterly handwriting all these bookstores that we had books in to send a postcard do you need books I never knew what happened to the postcards because I never saw them, but I'd be writing the same after a while. I thought, couldn't we put these on labels or something? Anyway, um, and then in 2000, I was on the uh, cookbook committee and I was chair of the um, bread and breakfast. I wanted to be chair of desserts, but by the time they finally called me back, the two options were breakfast or poultry, and I chose breakfast. Um, and so that was a lot of fun, and it was hard work. And the person who was, the two who were co-chair of that were, I never saw anybody work so hard on a volunteer project. And was this
0: corn on bluegrass, in bluegrass. No, Splendor in the
1: Bluegrass? No, in Bluegrass. And the pictures in the Splendor in the Bluegrass were uh, photographs or designed by Julius Freeman, who is. Who has since died, but he's a great nice. artist in Louisville, and and um, you know they had uh, 22 pictures of bed and breakfasts throughout Kentucky in the book, and uh, local chefs and uh, food editors made comments, and local restaurants chefs had some of their recipes in there. Um, so and they which I meant to bring because I have a supply. They, in addition to the book, they developed uh, note cards mm-hmm. um, that were pictures of the different chapter uh, leads or something, so that was good. So, um, so the Cordon on bluegrass, I worked on that, and I submitted like 22 recipes, and none were chosen, so I was most disappointed. But Splendor, I submitted a few. They needed more desserts. Even though I was on the dessert committee, they needed more desserts, so I submitted some and one of them got chosen um, but that was another the the uh, splendor was a great partnership, which we were fortunate to be able to use the kitchens at KFC to have all our testing and so uh, so um, so I, I finish with the uh, love to eat <laughs> well and and uh through my years you know i've been around for the 80th anniversary and the 85th anniversary and the 90th and soon to be the 100th uh so uh, uh if it isn't obvious it has been uh, made my life so much richer and better oh. for being a member and Uh, friendships I've made, uh, education training that I have learned and been able to use in my professional life and in my personal life, Um, you know, I, I don't believe that I would have been as successful in my career as reportedly I have been if it wasn't for my relationship with the Junior League, and with you, Alice, for -hmm. a long-term, and you, Lauren, short-term. And um, so I uh, look forward to... Many more. Many more. This is
0: definitely not the last stop for you, Mary. I I mean, we have two years till the centennial. I know you'll be very involved, (laughs) and um, not to mention you've given as much as you've received. I would definitely feel like you're the poster child for that. Um, well i
1: think they're getting
0: back what you get you know
1: i'm in in the room here with with other oh well, i guess those are founder awards they are mm-hmm. the founders
0: um we're shy of you uh well um i know lauren had wanted to wrap up with the just one i know we said we just, might touch back on something it. but did you have anything to add to how the league has impacted you post-presidency i know you are retired and you've talked about your travels what are you involved in right now still metro united way correct
1: uh, I, you know, uh, as I said, education is important. And there over the years, which I should have touched on, over the years, there have been uh, many partnerships, uh, some precipitated by me and others not, between the Junior League and Metro United Way. Uh, an early one was um, uh, uh, adult literacy. Uh, And it was a partnership between the uh, Community Foundation, which wasn't as strong as it is today, uh, UPS Foundation, uh, United Way and Junior League. And it was to get people who were in um, not necessarily low-level jobs, but in jobs like in hospitals and in uh, hotel areas to get them to get their GED. And uh, so in the I remember in the last, we needed maybe like $2,000. In the last, it was like, where can we find $2,000? And I said, well, maybe the Junior league. You know, and so I can't remember who was president, but it happened. And um, it, to some degree, that program is still going on today. Uh, a friend, somebody who had worked at United Way and left and was um, uh, kind of, Day at home mom was looking for something and was hired to do that and and at Norton's and at the Gold House and then she went to uh, Executive West and now it led into she became the HR director. Uh, uh, so, um, but as I say, there have been other projects. But um, uh, so uh, one. Uh, four years ago, and I'm not one that surfs the internet, but you know, apparently I had the internet opened, and a drop down was, you know, if you're interested in this, you might be interested in that. And they, that was the low free libraries. Oh,
0: yeah. And
1: so, our United you know, Way's focus was that ensure all children were ready for school by age six. And there had just been a story about how the education level in particular neighborhoods, the California, Russell, Parkland uh, neighborhoods were the lowest rate in in JCPS. And so I went to my boss and I said, you know, maybe this is something we should explore. We could get companies to build them, we could get people to donate them, donate the books. And she was in the Leadership Louisville Bingham Fellows class. and. Uh, in the group that was focusing on education in the West End. So it was kind of a marriage between, you know, this idea that I saw, Bingham Fellows, and that's how the first library started. And um, then, you know, here's Junior League over here, education. I kept thinking, you know, we will never need another book if the Junior League gets involved. <laughs> and lo and behold, the Junior League got involved, and. And uh, partnership has uh, is a sponsor, so to speak, of five of the libraries in the Russell um, neighborhood and surrounding area and uh, is going into their uh, second or two and a half full year providing books uh, for five libraries, probably 25 books times five times two, twice a month um uh, so uh so what i'm doing now is i'm uh though the libraries were important to me i wanted to continue that so my plan was once a month i was second monday of the month i was going to go to Uniteway way and organize the books that are donated uh we have uh including the five that junior league has we have 41 low free wow. libraries it's primarily in jefferson county but we have some in the Southern Indiana and and, uh, Oldham, Shelby, and uh, Bullitt, but we have volunteers that come in uh, twice a month and pick up books and take them out uh, to the libraries. Uh, So the plan to go the first, second Monday of the month, because they come like the second and third, wasn't enough. So I'm I'm usually there the second and fourth. monday or friday of the month uh, and up until this fall and we've been doing it four years up until this fall we've received enough books donated that we didn't have to go buy any uh-huh. uh we have gotten gift cards uh, uh for books and in the fall we were short children's books even though i got supplement from here uh, but now we have we are uh
0: Stocks and Reddit. we
1: we are uh, I don't want I don't ever want to say we're overflowing with books but we're we had a nice book drive Kentucky Lottery yum and um, Barnes and Noble is doing their holiday book donation for United Way and some other agencies um, so the so the uh, Little Free Library is still high on my list the other uh, I had decided when I retired I was going to uh, not do anything for six months, which turned out to be seven months. And uh, then I was gonna volunteer one day a week for a Habitat on a, on a build team and for homestead parks because I could walk and I would get exercise. Well Habitat started in uh, June and I volunteer on Thursdays and I'm on a team and we're, tomorrow we will be, uh, have a house dedication, it'll be the third house so it's much faster, <laughs> much faster pace than when uh, the houses I've worked on in the past. Uh, unfortunately, um, for um, Olmstead and for my exercise program, I have yet to uh, contact them to volunteer. Um, so um, I do things for my church, um, St. James Catholic Church. Uh, we coordinate uh, members. Quarterly to volunteer at Supplies Overseas and mm-hmm. quarterly to prepare a dinner for um, members at Gilda's Club. So that's probably. Well,
0: I have no doubt we'll and, see you soon. And
1: the, and the Junior League, I, unfortunately, the sustainer lunches um, pretty much are all on Thursdays. So it's kind of hard to go to Habitat. I've got to leave to go to lunch. Okay. Uh, uh, though I noticed one is coming up on a Friday. So, uh, so we'll meet you there,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meet you at lunch. Well, thank you so much, Mary. Again, I have no, this is just a, a drop in the bucket, a, a little stop along um, your journey, and we will definitely be back in touch. And we really want to thank you for your service and your recognition. You're so good at
1: recognizing others. Well, thank you. It's been my uh, pleasure. <music>